0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 378. In this episode, I talk to Terry Ioma about how to diversify der- your income and be better prepared for the next recession. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. When she started trading stocks nine years ago, she first saw it as an opportunity to supplement her income as a teacher. But then she became so successful at it that she decided to quit her job, travel the world and began trading full time. Now, Terry teaches classes online where she shares her investing strategies with people around the globe. Today, we speak about how you can diversify your income and be better prepared the next recession before we dive in let me remind you about the resources i've put together because of the coronavirus and the global recession samba resources i gave my samba students only 36 hours to come up with and share their best free resources to help you during these challenging times my team has put together a special samba resource page with all the resources submitted There are over 100 resources to pick from, all for free. There are resources in a number of different languages and covering a whole variety of amazing topics. I bet there is something there for you. Turnaround Summit Replays You can get free access to the video replays from the Turnaround Summit that I did in March. This summit will help you deal with the coronavirus and the recession in your life and business. I draw on my experience as a turnaround CEO and also invited expert guests, some of who are world leaders in crisis management, to support you. We tackle mindset, messaging, cash flow, team management, leadership, and more. You're going to walk away feeling hopeful, energized, and ready to take action. And last but not least, I want to remind you of the turnaround talks that I'm doing live on my Facebook page. Daily on weekdays, I'm going live, to share my experience from being a turnaround CEO and how I'm using that in my business today. And you'll get inspired to take the right decisions for your business so it thrives throughout this recession. Go to the show notes at zipnut.com forward slash 378, where you can find links to all the turnaround resources plus links to Terry Ioma. I am so excited to be here with Terry Idioma to talk about how you can diversify your income and be better prepared for the next recession. Welcome to the show Terry. Hello thank you so much for having me I am excited to talk to another female entrepreneur that is making multiple seven figures in her business but instead of you're doing it just with one business like myself, you have multiple businesses. And I'm very curious how that all happened, what kind of a guidance on mentorship you had. And also, typically, that's not something that everybody does because people are so used to just having a job and having one source of income. So Terry, can you take us back to the time of where you started to have more than one stream
1: of income? Sure. So I actually for 10 years worked in the education industry. Coming out of college, I was a consultant and one of our, our clients was Teach for America. And so I started working for Teach for America and I was helping train teachers on how to become better teachers. And I worked behind the scenes in the operations. I hired the people who would be the trainers. So I actually ended up going for 10 years down this education route. and my last job was even as an assistant principal of an elementary school. But as you know, sometimes in education, we don't make the best salaries. So I'd always have these side hustles of things that I really enjoyed. So for a little while, I did real estate on the side and I would help teachers relocate. And so I did that for a little while. And then I also really enjoyed investing in the stock market. So I started investing in the stock market as well while, while I was still in education just to supplement my income. And when I eventually decided, like, you know what? I am not having fun in this principal job. Like, this is not for me. (laughs) I needed an exit strategy. So I decided to pick up that side hustle and make it my full-time thing. That's when I started investing full-time. But it's really spurred out of I needed something to supplement my income. And I just started doing things that I liked. And they became a, a bigger job and a bigger income. So that's how I diversified.
0: Yeah. But for some people listening, like, oh, yeah, you just did a side hustle real estate. Like, if you are a teacher, you're not earning a lot of money. How could you get
1: started in real estate? Sure. So I'm based in Texas. And in Texas, there's two different ways in real estate that you can make money as a real estate agent. So you could decide that you want to help people buy houses, or you could help them find apartments. And for many of the new teachers coming into Texas, they were coming from out of state and they didn't know. I was in Dallas and and Houston, they didn't know anything about the city. So I just told them, hey, you know what? I know about the city. Do you want me to drive you around? And I'll drive you to some apartments that I, I think are really cool. And they would actually, like, I'd take them to maybe three or four apartments and they would pick one. And so, and then I would get commissioned for when they picked an apartment because I was a real estate agent. So it was really just solving a need. I knew that relocating and finding a house is one of the most stressful times of any life when you're trying to figure out, well, where am I going to live? I don't know the neighborhood. Like there's so many things running through your head. So if someone comes along and is just of service, then it takes so much pressure off of them. And so that's what I was seeking to do. Like, how can I help them have a better transition to the state? And for me, that was how. how do I serve like that in real estate?
0: So you didn't actually invest in real estate, but you were getting commissioned from finding these apartments. And they were buying them or renting them?
1: Renting them. Ah. Mm -hmm. They were renting them. And then the way it's set up here in Texas, if you're a real estate agent, you get a percentage of their first month's rent. So I was renting them.
0: So how did you then get started in the stock market? You know, that for some people sounds like complete, you know like a fussy way that they don't have clarity how to get started?
1: Yeah. So you know, what's crazy. I did some self like introspection (laughs) and I realized that actually the link for all of these things is investing. So even in real estate, I was helping people to like invest in a better place to live. And then in Stocks, I just really love companies. I love the idea of, oh, this company is going to buy this company or this company has a new product coming out. Like it just is really fun for me. So it's more like a hobby. And I realized, well, actually, you can make good money off of this, too, because if you know how to read charts or invest in the different companies, you can actually make an income from them. So I had interned back in college at Morgan Stanley on Wall Street. That was actually my first introduction to investing in stocks. So I knew of it from college. And then when I was teaching it or in the education world, I was an assistant principal. It just came back up as something that was like, have you revisited this? You really enjoyed that. And so I started digging deeper into it and and took some classes on how to become a better investor. And with how much money did you start the first time? I started with $16,000. And I got it from my 401k. So in every job that I had, they had a matching program where if you put money into your retirement, then the company would match it. But after you leave, you can actually transfer that money into a self-directed IRA so that you can self-direct the money. And so that's the money that I first used when I was first practicing. I would practice with my retirement funds. And then I practiced on those until I was like, Pretty confident, and then I said, "Okay, I can do this with real money now."
0: Mm. So you're not actually putting money in; you're you're using a fund that's already locked
1: away. I was. Now I'm using my own money, but yes, in the beginning I was using my retirement.
0: Yeah, but there are actually programs. Both my husband and my dad have been using them, where you can play. You know, you can play for a while until you're, you know, with fake money but real stocks, uh, you know, and and then you can just test out until you get the confidence to actually use real money.
1: You totally can. So in my trade and travel course, that's what I tell my students, like we actually have them, they open an account, I think they open the account is like $500. But it's your money, because it's like a bank account. But then they practice in a simulator. So we use a broker called TradeStation. And they have a simulator that's just like a regular account. And then they're able to practice in the simulator with fake money until they're good. So you're so right. That's actually what I encourage people to do as they're learning. Yeah.
0: And so you started with 16000 which was locked away. Then you started to put money in. How long did it take you to get to a substantial amount like seven figures?
1: Well, seven figures comes a little ways down. I've been trading now for 10 years. So it's been a while. I would say in the very beginning, I I... Lost more than I made because you're just starting out and I didn't have a a good structure. So in the very beginning, I I would say it took me (laughs) quite a while to really um, get a trading plan down. I think that's what makes really successful traders when they have a trading plan. Like every time I take a trade, I make I do these seven steps. And it includes risk management now. That's something I had to learn how to protect myself from losing. It includes like, what do I do to pick the right companies? But there's a trading plan. It took me a while to learn how to to have a trading plan. My students now, they're they're lucky because I can just give them my plan. But it took me a while. I would give people the advice that when you're starting to trade, it takes you. It doesn't take you long to learn. So it would take maybe eight weeks to learn how to trade. But it would take a year, I think, to get consistent. So when I got when I was an assistant principal and I decided, you know, I need three hundred dollars a day to replace my income. I needed to practice trading for about a year before I start consistently seeing that three hundred dollars a day.
0: Mhm. And would you take the money out or would you just basically reinvest again and again?
1: Now I do. So when I decided I needed to replace my income, I needed to pay bills. So when I would make that 300, I would take it, like take it out of the trading account, put it into my real account, and then that's what I would use to pay bills and then I don't I don't think I told you, but I started traveling all over the world. So I went to like Thailand. I went to Vietnam. I went to Korea, South Korea. So of course I needed money to like pay for the plane ticket and pay for, pay for the hotel. So I would take it out of the stock market, put it in my real bank account so I could pay for traveling. So you say you,
0: you are looking at companies and you like companies and are you reading the news every day to figure out what really is going on or, or is it just watching the charts
1: like you said before? So it's a little bit of both. I'm a technical analysis trader. So I'm looking at charts and we can actually find formations in candlestick charts that tell us where the banks are buying and where the banks are selling. And the thing that moves moves the stock market up and down are actually big banks. They're the market movers. So like if they have a big order to buy a stock at a certain price, and then that's going to push the stock price up. Or if they're trying to sell a big order of stocks and it'll push the stock price down, we can look at charts to figure out where are those places where the banks are buying and selling, and then we'll actually invest in the same places. So that's like part of my strategy, looking at charts to do that. Now, the news comes into place where the news will help the stock move to our levels faster. So, for example, um, today we had the stimulus package. It's almost approved um, at the time of this recording. Well, that will push the stocks up into a level where there's sellers or if there's bad news like the coronavirus had come out and everything fell it'll push the stock down into places where the banks are buying. But you figure that out on a chart first, and then the news will just help you to get to those levels faster, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Makes
0: total sense. So beyond now the investing, you were not doing the real estate anymore, like you stopped that? Or did you actually start to buy real estate?
1: Yes. So I have a an investment property in Chicago that I have, and I have a renter there. I did Airbnb for a little while. I had a property where I Airbnb did out. So yes, my income's been quite diversified from rental income, uh, Airbnb income, stock income. And then um, now I teach a a course to, to teach other people how to trade and travel. And so there's income there. So yes, it's been quite diversified. So when did you start to teach others? After I quit my job as an as a assistant principal and started trading and traveling full-time, then the people that I was with started asking me how I was affording to travel. And I was like, oh, it's easy. I've just been trading stocks because, you know, they see me on my cell phone and, and I'm like on the beach and I'm still making money on the beach. And they're like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? Um, and so I said, oh, I'm trading stocks. And so they started asking me, well, will you teach us? So I did my first class actually in Thailand with the group that I was with. And then they were like, oh, this is awesome. And so I said, okay, well, fine. I'll do another one in Vietnam. So I did my second class in Vietnam, but I was posting it on Instagram So then when I got home to back to the States, my my friends here were like, oh, we know you're going to do a class for us. So it actually just came out of my friends asking me to teach them and then more and more people seeing it on Instagram. And so then it became like, well, when are you coming to California? When are you coming to the East Coast? When are you coming back to Thailand? (laughs) And I said, you know what? Let me put this online so that you all can access it. And then that's where Invest With Terry and the Trade and Travel Program was birthed. Trade and travel. That is so smart.
0: So basically your life, you know, you were kind of like, okay, I'll teach you how to trade so you can actually have the life that I already have.
1: Yes. Yep, exactly. And it's pretty crazy because I I never thought any of this would happen in terms of a course. I had left the education world thinking that I would just trade and travel on my own and I'd be free and I wouldn't have any kind of know anyone to answer to and then this teaching thing came out of the blue so basically like it's now my side hustle i have a new side hustle (laughs) new side hustle yep the coaching the coaching yes because now the trading is my full-time job and then i coach on the side (laughs) yeah so now we
0: are in a recession and for traders That's both like if people don't respond fast enough, that's where a lot of people lose money. But I guess not those who do it full-time. They probably see it faster than the general public. But what if someone said, okay, I am going to make sure to actually get investing starting in a recession. What do you recommend that someone
1: does? You know what? This is actually a really great time to start investing. And I know that it's going to be scary because everything's coming down. Like right now, the stock market in the U.S. has come down 30% from its highs. And so that's when we start feeling like, okay, this is a bear market. We'll have downward days in the market for an extended period of time. So I know that it does feel scary. But at the same time, some of the stocks that are the most healthy, best stocks that were at their 52-week highs just recently are now on super discount. So now they're at these great prices where if you had invested, just imagine if you had invested in 2008 when everything had come down and then you watched it over the next 10 years, you would have had a great opportunity. So that's the type of things that we're seeing now. These stocks have come down to these great prices and now we're having to decide like, okay, is this the time to get in? Here's a couple of pieces of advice that I would give. Right now I want you to start looking at companies that just just a little while back were at their 52 week highs. So look for companies that were like I'm not giving I'm not giving advice to buy these stocks but just giving it as examples. Um but we saw like Amazon was at all time highs. Chipotle was at all time highs. Visa was at all time highs. These really healthy, strong companies were at really at all time highs just a few weeks ago, or just a little while back. And then we had the coronavirus come out and they started falling. Look for some of those companies that were at all time highs. And those are ones that I would be that would be some of my first ones to start looking at now when they're on discount. So that's one piece of advice. I also think this is the time to start looking at companies that have absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus. So I have some, some people that are like, well, I'm gonna start investing in the travel industry and airlines and cruise ships because they've come down so much. But as a, so this is where there's a difference between a long-term investor and a shorter-term trader. As a shorter-term trader, I wanna be able to make money quickly. So I want companies that will come back up the quickest. The airlines and travel industry, they're going to take some time to come back. They, you know, if they've lost, lost revenue, they have, um, they're going to take some time to ramp back up because they had to lay off all of their staff. So now when they do hire them back, they have to retrain them. So it'll take some time for them to get their footing again. On the flip side, you have all these technology, gaming, computer software, like Adobe. Everybody still use PDFs, like software companies that really coronavirus didn't hurt them at all, but they're coming down because of the market. Those are the companies I think would be great to start looking at because ultimately they're still healthy companies. And when all of this is over, they'll pop back up quickly. So those are kind of like some ideas that I would give you, but I do think if you do have the ability to, and I know everybody does it, but if you have the ability, this is a good time to at least start looking at, like, or at least make a shopping list of what are those companies where I would like to get in if I have the opportunity. Hmm.
0: But how do people know when it has hit rock bottom? Because it might not
1: be yet. That's true. And the, the absolute truth is you will not know. Until after it's happened, <laughs> and and I think sometimes we call it catching a falling knife. I think sometimes pe- the stocks are coming down, and people are like, "Oh, it's low," and they try to buy, and then it keeps going lower, and then they're like, "Oh, it's low," and then they, they it just it's gonna keep like if you imagine throwing a knife up and then trying to catch it, like you're it's gonna hurt you. It'll hit your hand if you just try to catch a falling knife. So what I would suggest is instead let it fall. Let it fall and let it actually start coming back up before you get in. And yes, you may not get the absolute lowest price, but at least you'll know that there's kind of a trend of it coming back up and you'll still be able to get in as it's going back up. So um, that would be my answer. Try not to guess when the bottom is like actually see it stop going down and see it start coming back up a little bit before you invest and you're still you'll still be able to be part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think also if, if someone is not experienced, they should not, definitely not uh, get into the game until they really know it's going up.
1: Yes. And you're right. Like as a more experienced trader, like I can look at a chart and see if there's great opportunity and I can see like, okay, this is a place where we will see some banks buying and we'll see the price turn. Like I actually had my first six-figure day yesterday and the market was like not doing good at all. <laughs> so So how does that work? Please explain that to
0: my listeners.
1: Sure. So depending on the timing of this video, uh, recently the market had fallen like the worst it's ever fallen. Like it had come down 3000 points. And then after that, it came down even further. And it came into some places where it was the lows from December 2018. And then we even had it come down to like some of the lows from 2016. So one of the stocks that I looked at was Boeing. Boeing was a $400 stock. And then it had come down all the way to 90 $90 that's 75% off. But at the same time, when we think about, is it a healthy company? Yes. Although it's had some, some bad news lately, like there's only two people that create, make airplanes. Like (laughs) there's air airbus and I might be saying the names wrong, but there's like airbus and Boeing. So it still has great demand. It still has great cash flow right now is a bad time, but it had come down well below where it's worth. And then I also saw in the charts that back in, I believe it was 2016 or maybe even before that, like 2013, this was a place where the banks had been buying at this price. So it came into a level where the banks were buying on the chart. It's down 75% from its highs. And at the same time, one other big thing was the stimulus package is coming out. And so there might be some support from the government on that stock. So all these things were working together. So I decided to invest in it. And then the next day it popped up. We had one of the best days um, since I think the 1980s and had my first six figure day. Wow. So you
0: actually then get out again because it might fall again,
1: right? I do. Yes, I do. And yes, I missed missed some like, it kept going up the next day. It went up like another $35, but that's okay. Because for me, I'm an income trader. I know that with $100,000, like I could live really well for two years. <laughs> Teacher salary, we don't, have, we don't have to have a lot. So that's like two years of salary, you know? Um, so yes, I would take that money out. And then I, I decide, okay, do I need this for bills or do I want to put it towards something? So like right now I'm saving up towards buying a new house. So maybe some of that money may go towards buying a house. And then if I have some left, I'll reinvest. But yes, that's kind of what I do with the money. What if someone is like,
0: okay, this sounds a bit too risky or too much work being like a day trader, long-term investment, isn't that harder to kind of use the recession for that? Or would you also recommend people who are looking like investing and then just looking away? They don't want to really do this every day.
1: What I suggest is I, I think it's good to have the skill sets of an active investor, even if you're a long-term investor. So I was talking to a friend recently and he is a more long-term investor, but when the market fell, he lost like $200,000. And so he was just kind of like Terry, like for the last 10 years, you know, index funds and buying and holding worked, but it doesn't work anymore. And so what we talked about is some of the things that I use as a active investor to protect my risk are like I have a whole risk management plan. So like one of them is stop loss orders. And it's an order that you can put into the system that says if the market falls, get me out of the trade. And so that's something that we use as active investors. But I think a lot of long term investors, because they're just buying and holding, they don't put stops into their portfolio. But had he known that skill set, he could have had a stop into his long long-term portfolio. And if the market came down, it would have stopped him from losing his whole 200,000. So that's a skill set that he could learn from an active investor, but then even use it on his long-term investing. Or the thing with the candlesticks and reading a chart He may not look at it every day, but just the skill set to know how to time the market a little bit. Hey, if it comes down here, I know this is a good time to buy. If it goes up there, I know this is a good time to sell. Just having that knowledge, even on a longer term basis, is also still helpful. So that's what I suggest. Even if people are longer term investors, it's good to have some of those active investor skill sets that you can apply. Yeah. What do you think is the difference between women and men in investing? Ooh, great question. I think it's all about emotions. I think women are, and of course, I'm a woman, so I'm going to be biased towards women, but <laughs> I think that we have a lot more discipline. And I think we're able to control our emotions a little bit better. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because women are supposed to be emotional. But I think when we have a checklist, like that's why I said that trading plan is so important. Like, okay, these are my seven steps. And it starts from like the companies that I'm picking all the way through risk management to when I get in the trade to how I exit a trade. Like these are the steps. I think women are really good at following the steps. Some of my male students, like they join the class and then three days later they're talking to me about charts. And I'm like, wait, you skipped three, four, you skipped all the steps. <laughs> you tried to run ahead to step seven. Like, no. But women, I think we're able to follow an action plan. So I really like that. And then our emotions, when you're taking a trade, you have like the thing that takes the emotions out is that action plan or that trading plan. The trading plan tells you, okay, I've done all my steps. I'm going to follow the plan and just let it go. I think a woman can manage her emotions in that a little better. A man is like, no, I want control over this. I'm just going to do my own thing and figure it out. It's like, no, you've got to control your emotions. So those are the two things I think. Women are a little bit more disciplined, but that's just my bias. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I've read, you know, I was looking up a lot of statistics because, you know, I'm planning a big conference and, I'm looking a lot at like, you know, seven figure entrepreneurs, women that make a million dollars and more, and only less than 2% actually make more than a million dollars, which is very sad. But also the fact that so few women invest, but as it turns out, they're actually pretty good at it once they get into it. So what do you think is the reason women are shying away from just even getting started?
1: There are so many myths. So I think the ultimate thing is fear. I think they're afraid. And I think the reason why women tend to be afraid is because there's a lot of myths out there. So one myth is that, oh, investing is a gamble. And that's actually not true, especially when you're able to like read charts the way that I teach people. Like we look at our reward to risk ratio even before we take a trade. So it's not just like going to the casino and and rolling a machine. Like, no, we know the numbers behind each trade. We know the probability of each trade. So it's a it's a calculated risk, not so much a gamble. So that's one myth that's out there. Another myth is I don't have enough money. And so a lot of women will say, well, I don't have enough money to invest, or they're afraid that the money they do have, they'll lose. So they decide, well, I'm just not going to do it at all. But the truth is, you actually can invest with very little money. Like You can start small and then work your way up. I tell my students, even if you start with $500, as you become a better trader in that simulated account, then you can start putting more money into your real account. You don't have to start with a lot. Start small. Another myth out there is I don't have enough time. Women, we're busy. We have families. We have groups and organizations that we're a part of. So I think another thing is time. And their assumption is that you're staring at the computer all day and you have to be glued in. But the truth is, one, now trading is so easy because you can do it on your cell phone, so You can do it from anywhere. And then two, like there's ways to automate your trades. The with charts in the way that I teach, we can put our orders in and just let those things sit in the computer. And then if it comes down and hits our order, we're in. If it doesn't, that's cool, too, because we know that it hasn't hit where, you know, where the probability is the best. So one, you don't need a lot of time, especially if you learn how to read charts. And then I think the last part of it is people think that you can't time the market. Like they've heard Warren Buffett for a long time just say buy and hold or only one way to invest is to leave it in there forever. But that actually is also not true, especially with the way that the markets become so accessible to us. Back in the day, it was really expensive to get in and out of a trade. So it cost you. It could cost you $100 to, to get into a trade and 100 to get out. So it just didn't make sense to be a short-term investor. But now with commissions being $0 and it being so easy to get in and out of trades, like now is the time to invest. And it's okay to actually make income from your trades. Because as we see, the market doesn't go up in a straight line. It goes up and down. So there's great opportunity to get things when they're low and sell them when they're high and not have to keep it long-term. So I think those are some of the myths and reasons why people don't get in. One other one might be taxes. And that, that of course, will vary depending where you are. But there's also this myth that if you're a short-term investor, you have to pay a lot of taxes. But that also is not true. At least in the States, you just pay your regular income tax level. So it'd be the same as if you had a side hustle or you got a bonus. You just pay the regular income tax on that money. That's what it is with active investing, too. You just pay your income tax on it. So. I think those are some of the myths and reasons women don't invest, but I really hope they start investing because it's a great way to build wealth.
0: Well, you have inspired my, myself and my listeners. So I do hope just with this uh, podcast interview that we get a few more women starting to think about it and a few others actually doing it. So what if someone, a woman hopefully, is interested to get started? How would they find out more about you?
1: Sure. I have a free webinar on how to make $1,000 a day. So I went from $300 a day to over $1,000 a day in the market. So I have a free webinar at itradeandtravel.com. So itradeandtravel.com. Go there. You'll see the webinar, see more about my course, and I'd love to have you in. Fabulous. We'll link that
0: up in the show notes, of course. So that's going to be easy. You don't need to You know, if people are walking or driving around, they don't need to uh, type that into their uh, phone. All in the show notes, Terry, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I've learned a lot. I hope my listeners have learned a lot too. And I do really hope that more women will start to invest because I truly believe that the only way to achieve gender equality is women make some serious money and create assets.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Go to the show notes at Sigrum.com forward slash 378,
0: where you can find all the links to the turnaround resources mentioned in the intro, plus links to Terry Ioma. Thank you for listening to The Sigrum Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story or Instagram post using my handle SigrumCom and the hashtag Sigrun Show.